Okay, welcome to Connections to the Cosmos with me, your host, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out-of-this-world conversations with extraordinary people. So today, I am so excited to welcome my guest, April DeMille, owner of Exordium Healing. She is a psychic healer and life coach and all-around fabulous person. So welcome, April. Hi, Dr. Lisa. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited. Well, so I I want you, I want to start out because you just have so many fascinating stories, but you have had your psychic gifts from very early age, right? You were born with these talents as a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. So, but you've had like more intense experiences than I think a lot of people have. So you were writing about how, you know, your spirits would play with you at night. They would pull your blankets off and, yeah. and other things like that. So can you just share with our audience um, a little bit about those experiences as a kid? So as a kid, I was born, like you said, I was born on. That's basically how, what I refer to it as. Um, and, you know, I just uh, I knew I wasn't really from here. Like I just never um, I never fit in not even into my human body. Like it just didn't ever feel normal, I guess, to me. Um, And when I was younger, I had all kinds of experiences. Um, I was seeing fairies when I was still in diapers. I was, um, I had spirits standing at my bed, pulling my blankets off me, touching me, poking me, trying to talk to me. Um, I would see, you know, a, a lot of us see like the orbs and the flashes of lights, but I would see full body operations and faces and glasses and all kinds of stuff. And I didn't know what I was seeing. I didn't understand it necessarily, but it was just what I did naturally. And when I would go to bed at night, we had like in the house I grew up in, we had these big like windows that took up like the whole wall. And I could see the tree spirits watching me while I was trying to fall asleep. And so, yeah, my experiences have been kind of all over the place. Okay. I have a question about the fairies because in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Erin Christine on and she's our fairy lady. But I'm curious, what did the fairies look like to you when you would see them? So my earliest memory, actually, I was, and I know it sounds crazy because to have memories when we're like babies in diapers is sounds far-fetched, but it's true. I have a very, very clear memory of my first experience with a fairy. Mm-hmm. And it was um, it actually scared me. I was young enough that I couldn't really talk when I was screaming and running out of the room. Um, but I was old enough that, uh, I had fallen asleep in that way, kind of like in, into the human self mm-hmm. enough that when I saw it, it frightened me. And, um, it was honestly, it almost looked like the little Tinkerbell fairy from, from uh, the Disney movies, Peter Pan, but she didn't say anything to me except for my name. She just said my name to me and I was in bed falling asleep and she had crawled up on the top of my teddy bear and she was like, April. And I was like, what the shit? And I kind of like threw the bear and went running out of the room. And of course I'm little, so I can't really talk about my experience. So my mom's just like, oh, you're fine. Go back to bed. Right. And that's kind of how it all happens. Right. Um, So like I was freaking out, but like that's not the only time I've seen fairies. I've seen fairies uh, uh, quite often, and they don't always look just like that. I've seen them smaller. Okay. Well, and I mean, when did you get over your fear of seeing these things? Like if you started out having that fear response with the fairy when you were still in diapers, like did 
was there a point where you're like, oh, hi, and you just started communicating with the different beings around you? I feel like I was always in communication mm -hmm. um, in all the d dimensions. Um, I just wasn't always aware of it. Um, and there was a lot of time that I wasted. Um, I don't want to say time's a waste, but um, when we grow up in households that uh, don't support those uh, open channels necessarily, right. then, um, you know, we're products of our environment. So we shut down in that way. So I would say I was probably about five years old before I remember having another experience with a fairy. Okay. Well, and then what I'm curious what the tree spirits looked like too, visually, like if you could describe that. So visually they, it was more like faces protruding out of the trees. Like the, they, formed faces. And it's kind of like, sometimes people call it kind of like scrying. If you're like looking in the clouds and you see shapes or faces or whatever, mm -hmm. um, or reflections, it's kind of like that, but there, I could see their face. They all have different forms and faces, but I could see their faces popping out, looking at me. Okay. And did that scare you? Or oh, was yeah. it No, it scared me. It, it, it definitely scared me. Um, I would, get under my blankets and I'm like, what the shit is that dude? Like what is looking at me? Like it scared me. Um, I spent a lot, I spent most of my life in fear because I didn't have an understanding of why I was so different and why nobody else could see the things that I saw and experience the things that I experienced. And then when you grow up in a household that has no understanding either, and then everybody tells you you're insane or you belong in a padded room or you're schizophrenic or you're this or that. And you know, as you grow up, you start to believe it's true because you hear it every day of your life. So then you spend, you know, years on meds or this or that. And all just to find out that there was nothing wrong with you. You were exactly what you were supposed to be. And all your talents were there for a reason. Yeah. Actually, um, bringing up schizophrenia. So I have a great grandmother that, um, from memory, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. But I had this hit a few different times of like, no, she actually wasn't schizophrenic. She actually was seeing things, but it was back in the days, like in the fifties and sixties where yeah. people thought you were crazy. If you yeah. were seeing those things. Well, even back then, if you even talked about being sad or depressed, they swept it under the rug and, Oh, we have to put on this show. And so like that, it makes sense to me that that is again, you know, classic mis misdiagnosis, right? Right. Um, I was diagnosed bipolar, borderline, ADHD, all kinds of things. I'd been on medications from the time I was 19 till 2017. So basically my entire life. Wow. So and, what was that final, how did you get off? Or like, how did you finally realize that you were um, diagnoses? I, I just had that knowing that's where all the clairs come in candy. You know, the claircognizance when you finally just know yeah. that I didn't want to spend my life on meds. There was, I, I just knew that I couldn't do that anymore. And so I did not have, um, I stopped going to my doctors and by mind you, I don't suggest this to everybody. This doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Um, don't take this as medical well, advice. Yeah, don't, please don't. Um, I, but I, and for my, my experience, I was tired of doctors telling me what was wrong with me when, um, just something in me knew that they, that it wasn't true. And so I stopped taking, going to the doctors and I took myself off the meds one at a time very slowly mm -hmm. because I didn't want to throw myself into seizures or have problems. Yeah. So I did it on my own one at a time, very slowly. I, I think I went from like 12 
daily medications down to, in 2017, I was down to one and I was still vaping, um, uh, nicotine out of a pen. Um, and, and at the same, and I was drinking caffeine. Those were like the last three things I'd gotten down to. And I had decided, and I was homeless at the time too. So, um, I'd spent like 10 years, the last 10 years, like homeless. And so at that moment I had decided, you know what? I don't care what happens to me. I'm, I'm going to lay here and sweat this shit out. And if I die good, I don't care one way or the other. I'm not going to take another fucking pill. And I, that was it. And so I did, I laid there and sweat stuff out like for four days, fever, all the stuff. And I got up and I never took another pill. I have been off of meds since then. That was in 2017. Um, I don't even take over the counter stuff now. I completely do everything. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, and okay. So in your childhood, you, I think you had told me at one point, like at eight years old, that's when you kind of shut off the Claire's for a while, or you had an experience where you just were pushing everything away. And it wasn't until that time of 2017 that you're bringing up that you really publicly came out. Right. So when I had stopped taking all the meds and all that stuff, that was the same year that I finally was like, okay, well, this is what I am. I tried so many times to give it back and that didn't work in my favor at all. So yeah, when I was about five is when I started to realize I was different because before the age of five, you're too young to really communicate what's even going on. Right. Right. So, um, but about the age of five, I started, that's when I really started to realize, yeah, I'm very different from my family. They don't see these things. They don't whatever, whatever. And then I had uh, an experience when I was about eight. That was life-changing. My parents decided to split up and I got really angry because I found out that my the man that was raising me wasn't even my real dad. So they lied to me about that. Like I didn't know all those things. So now all of a sudden my world came crashing down around me and I was very upset and I was just, yeah, it was a big turnoff for me in all the ways. So like I kind of shut down, um, started going through, you know, the preteen years and all that stuff and just kind of shut down. Like I turned it all off. And as I got older and had kids of my own, I knew that I was still different. Mm -hmm. I knew that I still had these things going on and these abilities, but I didn't, it didn't strike me as something, um, I don't know. It just didn't strike me as anything like spectacular or whatever. I was still very asleep in that way, like in that coma. And in 2017, I finally just like when all the rest, when I gave up all the rest, I was like, I guess I'm just going to have to be out with it because I've tried really hard to give this back. And, um, and that just made my life harder. So. Yeah. I, well, I think a lot of people go through that. Yeah. It's suppressed because we all do have these abilities, right? Some are a little more developed than others, but we all have the ability to actually um, tap into it when we become consciously aware and we practice it and we allow ourselves. And so what would be your advice to those people that know that, okay, I have at least one of the Claire's and okay, can you just share your definition of what the Claire's are first for people watching that may not know? what the different clairs are, but then like maybe something they, they could do to develop it. So I actually don't have my list. I don't have it like stored in my memory, all the definitions of the clairs. Cause I'm not that awesome. Um, but I have a couple of them. Like, you, you know, I've got clear cognizance is a, is, you know, just a knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you can easily Google them. Like I said, I don't have them all off the top of my head. Um, but 
I guess my, my best piece of advice would be knowing that, um, that you're not crazy, right? Cause our egos and the fears of others come into place and imposter, all those things happen. And the moment you start doing that and allowing those, those voices to creep in, you're mm-hmm. already closing down your experience already. You're already dismissing that experience. And so I would, I would definitely say that you, whatever your experience is, it, it is, you're not crazy. You're not making it up in your head and, and, and it's okay to have an experience. You're not any of those things. Right. One. Okay. So one of the things that I'm just going to throw this out here now, and we'll talk about this at the end too, though, is that for those of you watching that want to know more about the Claire's, you have a gift. Right? I do. I do. I have a, a video where I actually go over the definition of the different Claire's yeah. and I give examples of each Claire and how they can show up for people that are struggling with how can I identify these things that are coming up in my own world? Yeah. And so, yeah, I so, absolutely have that. So we're going to share that at the end, um, but it's on your website, exordiumhealing.com. And you mm-hmm. have one, if you go to April's website and you subscribe to her um, email list, then she will send you that video. So absolutely. Yeah. Definitely check that out. Cause you know, I think, you know, we, we do have some viewers watching that are like, yeah, I'm familiar with my Claire's or, you know, the different Claire's, mm-hmm. and, but there are people that aren't aware of all the different ones that exist. They might just think clairvoyance is the only one that exists. Yeah. Right. right. And this clear audience and clear sentience, there's a couple of them. Um, there's, I think like seven or eight of them. And like, I go over that in the video. So yeah, if you, um, go on there and subscribe to the email list, I will pop over that video for free. Um, and like I said, a lot of it's just having somebody to, uh, get, sit down and take the time to go over what they are and how they can show up differently for everybody before you go, Oh, Oh, wow. I would have never, Oh, okay. I might be having that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm still working on um, allowing those to come in more fully for myself. I've done a lot of different classes and, and I, as a kid, I just knew stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Cognizant. That works, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I knew stuff and then I would have predictive dreams and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so um, I tried not to shut it down because I did grow up in a metaphysical household where it was accepted, at, you know, yeah to your household. Um, but I was also surrounded by, I think, friends and just, and other family members that if I were to share stuff, they would think I was crazy. And that, and that actually leads me into the galactic experience because, so when I was 15, I was taken in a craft and I remember sharing the story with my dad who I didn't live with. I was just visiting him at the time. And he really like was just like, oh, okay, that's weird. Whereas when I told my mom, she knew who to take me to to validate that it was actually real experience. <laughs> right. Because what was happening is your dad, for him, it was a fear. It was like too far of a stretch for him. Yeah. In his own experience, but it didn't lessen your experience. No, no. And but because of you know who I was surrounded by and I was trying to be normal, I was trying to fit in. Oh yeah. So, as a teenager, right? You're trying, and you and I, you know, we were like what cheerleaders and dancers and yeah. all that. So we were really trying to fit in. 
and be normal. But really, we were having these extraordinary experiences <laughs> and we couldn't necessarily be authentically, you know, who we were. No, I was, I think even in high school, even though I was trying to be my normal, fun cheerleader, dancer self, and I had friends, I had, you know, friends in high school, I pretty much got along with everybody, but there was still even in high school people that were like, she's a witch. She's okay. a this, like they just knew, like they could, my energy, no matter how much I tried to fit in, other people could pick up on how different I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, um, I know in addition to the fairies and the tree spirits and seeing, you know, dead people and other things that you do. Um, so you have had some galactic experiences. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, we um, had a lifetime of those too. (laughs) Tell me about some of those contacts that you've had. Um, I have a galactic team. Um, that's part of my soul team. And um, they are three blue light beings. Um, so they, um, I'm in constant contact with them, uh, more often aware of it now than mm-hmm. I was before. Um, but I think when I was younger, I remember uh, specifically when I was like five years old, um, I had gone outside in my backyard and I was crying and I was freaking out and I was scared and I couldn't find my parents and I didn't know what was going on. And I was sitting out there and I was, I remember looking up at the sky and I was so mad that they left me here. Like I just knew, I always knew I wasn't from here. And I was like, so pissed off. I can't believe you left me here. I hate this planet. I hate this place. Why would you do this to me? And so having that, um, that abandoned feeling seated inside of me for like all of my childhood was very hard. Um, and you know, I've had other experiences. I saw, um, I actually witnessed a UFO with a high school friend of mine, Mm -hmm. um, when I was 15 and I was in Utah at the time. And, um, that was quite an experience in itself. Uh, I actually, journaled it in my journal when I was 15 and still have that journal. Okay. You want to share what that was like? Yeah. So we were, um, I was with a friend of mine. He was taking me home. We had been hanging out and babysitting, um, his sister's kids. So she and her husband had gone on a date. So we went over as a teenager to babysit the little kids. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, um, I'll take you home when we're done. So he drives me home. And at, at the time I'm in Eureka, Utah, which is a very small, like you blink and you've already passed through the whole town. So like, it's a very small place. It's a wonderful historical place. Um, and we drive out to, uh, I guess Seward junction or where, yeah, something like that. Um, I'm trying to remember it was so long ago. Um, we would drive out to the junction, which is where I lived at the time, um, out in the middle of nowhere by the train tracks. And, it's dark outside. My dad at the time was working nights, so nobody was home. And my friend was just taking me home. So he's actually laying on the hood of his car mm-hmm. and I'm facing him. So like he's laying this way, I'm facing him and we're talking. And as I'm talking, I can see like he's being the typical dude and just not even listening to anything that I'm saying. And I'm like, dude, what is going on with you? And I was like, you're not even listening to me. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Like this thing flying in the sky has got like I'm kind of tripping out and I like turn around and I'm like, what the shit is that? And so like we walk over, like there's no noise. It's low enough 
that if it was a plane or anything like that, you'd hear it. There was no noise whatsoever. And it wasn't that far from us. Um, so we popped out some chairs and sat there um, watching it as long as we could just enjoy the experience. And what I had witnessed was this craft hovered mm -hmm. super slow. I mean, so slow. I don't even know how it was doing this, but it went straight across like this. Yeah. And every time, every time it would move a light, cause there was like lights in a row would okay. go from the front to the back. So I could tell it was rotating cause mm -hmm. it did like this every time it moved over like this, like this, like this. Right. Then it moved all the way back over. So this whole event took forever cause it moved so slow mm -hmm. and then it moved back over to where it started and the next thing I know, it's gone. And then there's one big light, like above where it was. Mm -hmm. And then it's gone again. And then there's another big light above that in a different color. And it just completely vanished. Nothing was left. Okay. And so I wrote the experience. I was terrified, of course. And I was home alone because my dad was at work. So I stayed up all night till my dad got home in the morning. And I was like, Dad, there was aliens here. And <laughs> I did the whole like dramatic teenage thing, but uh, yeah, that was pretty much our experience in a nutshell with that situation. Okay. So how big do you think it was when it was hovering? Um, that perspective. I, I wish I could say, um, oh, I'm terrible with measurements too. I mean, did it seem like a really big craft or was it more like a smaller shuttle craft? It, I think it was kind of in between, like it didn't take up, like, I think it was kind of in between. It wasn't enormous. Mm -hmm. It could have been a little more like shuttle size, but maybe a little bit bigger even than that. Um, but yeah, I think this thing that stood out to me the most was how the, the lights went from front to back as it rotated. And then, and then it all turned to one, one, one light, one ball of light mm -hmm. and then was just gone. Like it was crazy. So was the, was the light that was rotating, was that a white light or was it a different color? No, it was more like an orangish uh, colored light. Like a, it was a little off white in a way. Yeah. But then when it turned into one light, it was that same like off orangish colored light. Yeah. But then when it went into another light above that, it was pure white, like pure lightning white. Okay. It was super bright. And I was like, oh, damn, like, ouch. Like, it just kind of, and okay. then there was a trail. I remember there was like a trail. It was like out of there so fast. There was kind of like a trail for a second. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, it was crazy. And what shape was it when you saw it lower? Was it like a disc or was it more spherical or? The, uh, the light when it was just like one light? No, when it was down lower, when you could see the light rotating around so it. So it was dark. It, it was pitch black at night. So I couldn't see the, the machine itself. Okay. I could only see that it was circulating by the way the lights were rotating. Okay. So I, I couldn't see the outline of the machine because it was so dark. Mm -hmm. um, I could just see, you know, how the lights moved. And I just assumed or my new, my knowing was that it was rotating. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned a fear response. So mm -hmm. Um, with all that you had already experienced in your life, yeah, what do you think caused that fear in you? Because oh, because we're it, because we're human. Okay, like we we get told that all these things are bad. Listen, even as a psychic, I had been told I was demonic, satanic, this, that, whatever. So no wonder why it was hard for me to come out of my own closet about it because everybody thought I was fucking Satan, right? right. Like. That's the only support I had in my life was negative support.
Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's no different if we're talking about any other beings, fairies, angels, whatever, it's all the same to me, right? Like it's all, we're all the same. It's all the same. It's all, whether it's angel, fairy, alien, it's all other dimensional beings, right? Right. And so to me, um, it's, it was, that's what it was. I was 15. I lived Mm -hmm. in a world in a society that would have thought, God, if, if she wasn't off a rocker before, she definitely is now. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was that kind of thing. And uh, I was still young. So my human self rushed in there to save me. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it really just, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Okay. But now, so do you think now in your more informed and developed state, if you saw a UFO as close as you did, do you think that you would still have that fear response or would it? I have seen a UFO that close. I've actually been inside of one. Okay. So tell us. (laughs) but it was more in an astral travel sense. I don't have to like be abducted or this or that or whatever. And so I, I am open now a lot more than I was. And so that's why I continue to have experiences because um, I have finally matured in a way that I can accept who I am and what I am and what, what my gifts are. And that allows that door to open and and the, the the energy exchange to to be fluid with the other dimensions. Yeah, that's beautiful, and that's actually one of the reasons why I want to even have these conversations, and why I'm teaching the classes that I am. Because we, um, if we're not working on the fears in our mind, the shadow parts of our mind, we turn things of the unknown into fear and monsters, and like oh yeah. Fear. And if we don't even have an understanding, well, then we'll make one up. We'll make a story up to to just give us anything to settle on. Exactly. And so I really want to change, help people wake up and change that fear-based narrative. Mm -hmm. And so much, it's propagated through the media, Hollywood, the government, Mm -hmm. you know. Right, because you see all kinds of movies and this and that, and they want to abduct us and they want to probe us and they want to do all these crazy things and they want to hurt us. And I'm not discounting anyone's experience. Because when your human self rushes in to save you, you are going to feel fear. It is going to be terrifying. You are going to make up all kinds of things. And even if it happens or not, those they still feel like those experiences are real. And that's why it's important to talk about these things. Because I can't tell you how many times I thought I was losing my grip. Right? Right. But yeah. it's not always like that. Like you do keep evolving. Yes. When what I what I understand from a lot of books and, and other people that I've heard talk about this is even those that have that fear abduction experience. And I love how Lisa Royal Holt puts it. She's like, it's not abduction. It's temporary detainment because everyone's always returned. <laughs> but when when right. people are like regressed into their true subconscious mind, like their deep subconscious mind they're able to see the experience for what it really is. And the, and it, it's not fear-based. They're able to see, oh, I actually agreed to this at the soul yeah. level. I have a soul contract. I have this happen. And there are different groups that come and take people away for different experiences. My group is totally different than the grays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know people that have been taken by the grays or the zetas, you know, whoever it is and, and other beings. And so, we all, we have free will on yeah. this earth, and we all agreed to have whatever experiences we're creating, whether good, bad, whatever, you know, we mm-hmm. 
polarize those experiences. But so I would love to know about your experience, if you're willing to share about being taken on the craft, but also you you are part of the hybridization program, right? Yeah. So what that means is um, my DNA was genetically modified so that way I could serve my mission here with my abilities being more open. And the way they voice it is the way they explain it to me is um, I have to have my abilities open, right. To help activate um, what people, the, the DNA to help show, show others how to activate their own DNA. And it's not as human as we'd like to think it is. So mm -hmm. we basically, everybody's modified um, to some degree, right? right? Or several degrees, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's basically, that's basically what it comes down to. Okay. Well, and do you want to share about the, uh, the other part of the hybrid program of having um, being taken and your eggs being taken? Oh, yes. So um, I had, I have had, I'm glad you brought that up because I was like, I don't remember what she's talking about. Um, yeah. So um, I have had my eggs taken also. And I remember there were many times in my life that I thought that I was like, I feel like I'm pregnant, but like, I didn't, it was really weird. Like I was having like, the poofy first trimester stuff going on. And literally every time, like by the time I realized I was feeling that way, the next day there was nothing. Like the the poofiness had gone down. I wasn't having the same feelings or any weird nausea or anything like that. Um, I had, I was always having dreams about how my kids were not even like, you know, like I would see them with different colored eyes and weird stuff. And I had to adjust to that. Um, there was, um, I think me and my mom had even talked about some stuff that showed up in an x-ray in her chest and we joked and we were like, oh yeah, you were abducted and, um, whatever. She's not in an open place to really talk about that, but I am, <laughs> I am. So, <laughs> okay. And so have you had experiences seeing any of your children from those? Um, if I have, I'm not aware of it. Okay. Yeah. I know there are a couple of people out there that talk about their stories of being taken and shown their children. So I was yeah. just, if, if, yeah, I don't, um, if I had, I'm not aware of it, you know, right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So tell, um, please share about your, um, experience being in one of the craft. So I've been in a couple different ones actually. Um, and they all definitely, are, they're all kind of like designed different. The couple ones that I've got in mind, Mm -hmm. um, they're designed different, but I do remember feeling like there was no walls. Like I felt like I could just float right out of it. Kind of yeah. like, it felt like there was just like no walls. Like everything was kind of invisible in one or two of them. Yeah. And I remember feeling like I was falling in. It scared me because I felt like there was no, no. Yeah. It was really hard to explain. I, um, my craft experience was very similar. It was yeah. like invisible walls where I could mm -hmm. see everything. Yeah. And I could see everything. I could see earth. I could see the galaxy. Like I could see everything. And a lot of times that falling feeling was actually me coming back from my travels anyways, like my astral trip, my astral travels. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember still feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to fall because there was like, no, I don't know. It was just so open and like everything, the walls felt invisible. I was like, what in the world? But I was never afraid. 
Like maybe when I was little and I didn't understand as much, but now I don't, it's not, I I don't have to be abducted because now I'm like, I'm out. Right. Goodbye. Like, I'm so happy to get out of the human experience anytime. Believe me. (laughs) I'll just just go. (laughs) I mean, you've had some trauma in your life, so that's understandable. For sure. Yeah. Um, so glad that you're still here with us though. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Apparently I have some mission and purpose here, whether I like to agree with it or not, I still have to serve it. So, <laughs> so, um, tell, tell me more about the blue beams that you communicate with. Like what, what, do, how do they show up? Do they, can you see physical like faces and bodies or are they lights or typically when I see them, um, I have seen their faces only once or twice. Um, they, I had just got back from a walk one time and I saw three heads floating above my bookshelf and I was like, um, okay. <laughs> it's just like, it was just, their faces showed up out of the wall okay. and I was like, oh, well, Hey, how you doing? And so like, it was just, you know, they were just letting me know, know that they were there. But mm-hmm. typically when I see them, it's more in my mind's eye. Cause mm-hmm. I have, I have, I'm able to see with my physical eye and my mind's eye, I can do both. And so typically when I am in transmission with them, um, they show up as a three, there's one in the front, two in the back, and there's such bright light that it wipes out any definition. I can't see facial features. I can't see, I can just see that they're very thin. They're mm-hmm. not very tall. And that's about all I can see based on the light that I'm seeing. Okay. And so how do they communicate with you just like you hear it in your in your head or how how are they transmitting the information in all the ways like um i can hear it in my head i can transmit it automatically like automatic writing um i can ask a question and get an answer um i get downloads in my ears like it, there's just so many ways that they whatever i'm open to i guess the most at the time, because, you know, I'm always changing and flowing through the day too. So whichever way they feel will make the most impact. That's how they show up. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. last week we were doing a session, so I wanted to experience April's psychic abilities. And um, one of the beings that showed up to give you information of a question that I was asking was Mm -hmm. like tall white alien. Yeah. Yeah, He was, he was really tall. Okay. So tell, can you, so when you saw him, that was way more like physical body that you were seeing, right? Compared to your blue light. Yeah. He was more like showing me physical, like his physical definition in in that form. He showed up, he had a a non-proportioned head compared to the rest of his body. If if that makes sense. Like his head was, yeah, his head was big. Um, but, and he had the large eyes, but he was a lot more like really tall and lanky. Um, Mm -hmm. and he was not, I wouldn't say he was gray in color. He was like a, he was like a whitish, like off whitish tannish color. He's very different in color than like my blues show up. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I want, um, people watching to understand is that they come in all different forms. And and, we do. Yeah. We do. (laughs) Yeah. They're from all different places, different dimensions. And so even when people experience the grays, there are so many different races of grays from different areas. And so 
the ones that I understand that we're having this hybridization um, program with are the Zetas from Zeta Reticuli. And we, we have agreed to this. Now there might be other grays from other places that are more of um, service to self versus mm -hmm. service to others. And I don't like referring to the aliens as negative versus positive because some are just more evolved than others, just like humans. Well, right. And if you have, um, if you're expecting a negative experience, that's what you're going to get. Exactly. Um, I don't expect those because I don't have those. Right. So I have never had an experience with a being in that way that, that affected me like negatively in that way. I might've been afraid seeing a UFO or whatever, mm -hmm. but not like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, yeah. if you, if you expect it to be negative, it will be. Exactly. You're, I mean, we all create our reality. Right. So how we are viewing that reality is what's going to show up for us. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. And um, what I also understand, and I haven't had to do this personally, but if you ever have something come at you, another dimensional being, whether it's alien or, you know, something else, you have full power to say no. Oh, and totally. I can't tell you how many times a day I tell people or beings to fuck off. Like I'm not wanting to talk to you right now get the fuck out. And I do it all day long and I'm not, um, it's no different than when we're acting, when, when we're interacting with each other. If mm -hmm. you don't have the energy, you've got boundaries, right? If right. you don't want to make that exchange, then fucking don't. Right. Exactly. That's, that's all there is to it. You're in control. Believe me. Yes. And that's what I want people to know is you have the power right. always Yeah. of everything. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we <laughs> we were talking a couple of weeks ago about cats and kind of how like strange cats are. And um, you know, I've got a space kitty, my cat Bindi. When yeah. she came to us as a kitten, like it's like her first life as a cat. She didn't know how to be a cat. <laughs> and she we just called her, she's from outer space. So tell me, you have had some interesting observations of cats and with these other dimensions. Yeah. Cats kind of blew my mind. I mean, all the experiences I've had blow my mind in some way or the other in a good way. Okay. Not in a bad way. Um, yeah. They all stand out for whatever the reason. Um, but cats for sure. I one time, this was actually in 2017 also. Now, mind you, I had already, I was not taking any meds anymore. Um, I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't smoking. I wasn't even drinking caffeine. Like I was probably like the purest I'd ever been in all my entire life. Yeah. Um, uh, well, except for now, <laughs> right? This was back then, but, um, I had just pulled up to my aunt's house and I parked the car and I'd already had, a, uh, one or two weird experiences with her cat that was there. Um, it would talk to me through telepathy and it told me its name was Esther and one morning it told me to wake up and activate. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? I was like, what, what? What are we, are we even having this conversation right now? So it was very, I was having already experiences with her cat. And um, so I pulled up and right when I pulled up, I get out of the truck and I look over cause I, something caught, you know, caught the corner of my eye and I look over and it's broad daylight, mind you, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And I'm in the middle of this trailer park, which is where my aunt was. And um, I see something shape shifting out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, what is wrong with that cat? I see that it's my aunt's cat. Yeah. But I'm like, I thought for a second it was like, I thought for a second it was shape shifting into like 
changing into a cat, like it was something else and then changing back into a cat. But as I looked closer, I realized what was happening was it was coming out of a portal. So as it, as it came out of the portal, like this thing like sucked up, it looked like something was sucking up into its back end because it was stepping through that portal and coming out. So I was like, Oh, well, I hope you were having fun. Where were you at? (laughs) So we just kind of got there at the same time. And I happened to catch that. And it was, yeah, it was quite the experience. That was one of the many that I've had with cats. Okay. Well, so yeah, you were talking about one where you were seeing the cat kind of like, yeah. So he was, yeah, he, he was in full transmission with his home planet. And I was, he thought, I think, so I was asleep in a chair. I'd fallen asleep out, out in the living room in a chair and it had an ottoman and I kind of like woke up and I look up and this cat has his head like tilted back. So he's sitting straight up, right? He's not relaxed at all. And he's purposely sitting straight up on all fours and his head's like tilted back like this and his eyes, like there was no color, like they were full on like rolled back Mm -hmm. and he was like doing like this. And I was like, what the shit? Oh, he's like, I could tell he was transmitting home. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back to sleep. So like, it was one of those things where I, I, even at that age, I had had so many experiences that when I see them, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'll do your thing. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going back to bed. (laughs) So like you get, you get very comfortable and used to it to where it's like, cool, whatever, do your thing. Yes. Excellent. So, um, one thing I just want to, um, bring up for any of you watching right now that are interested in learning more about any of this and connecting to your galactic family, your friends, brothers, sisters, guides. Um, I'm going to be teaching a class um, starting next Monday, February 21st at 5 p.m. It's a three-week class and it's called Connection to the Cosmos, Meet Your Galactic Family and Experience Your Other Lives. And so it's going to be a great three-week class held on Zoom. So if you can't make it live, you can always watch the recording. But um, one of the things that we are going to be doing is we all have non-Earth lives, right? So I do past life regression therapy. And one of the things that I have really come to understand over these years, I've been studying quantum mechanics since like 1999, 2000. And with past lives, there it really is no past. There is no future. All timelines exist simultaneously. So it's we just experience this linear reality because we are so slow here on Earth in our dimension. And so one of the things that I just I want people to experience and understand is that you are so much more than just this Earth life. And this is like nothing compared to the rest of it. And so, you know, when you start experiencing that, oh, I have this other life or I have this other family, then you you start to see a bigger picture Mm -hmm. of reality. And so anyway, have you ever experienced any of your other non-Earth lives? Um, I would have to say probably so. Um, I, I do know that I have channeled even other past lives in human form. I have seen me, I've seen my reflection in mirror looking back at me and it was not my face. I have also woken up many times 
and struggled to find my my personality in this lifetime because I've had so many other lifetimes. And I was like, oh God, which one am I? And I had to like scroll through all the stuff. Okay, there she is. And like, yeah, so that's kind of interesting to have that happen too. Um, I'm sure that I have, but I can't off the top of my head think of a time that stands out to me right now. Okay. Well, and you're going to be in the class. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because I would not miss that for the world. Those close, those classes are fun. Like you're doing some really amazing stuff with that. Thank you. Okay, so just for the last little bit of time we have, um, what do you feel that you've learned or that's been most helpful to you when communicating with these other dimensional beings? So I think that's kind of very along the lines of what I was saying earlier. Like if you are, if you're asking for an, an experience, know that you're going to get what you ask for. And in that experience, when you're having those experiences, um, the moment you start to think, oh, is this even real? Am I crazy? Am I whatever? You're already shutting down that experience. So you have to stand firm in the fact that, yes, this is real. Yes, what is happening to you is real. This experience is something that you want. It's in love and light. Nothing's going to hurt you. And you have all the power and more if you're not ready to say no. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, okay. So one thing, one more thing just popped in because this question comes up a lot. And last night we had a UFO tour. And the people were um, visiting from Washington State. They're actually from Olympia, my old hometown. Oh. And we didn't know them though. It was really cool, but they synchronistic. <laughs> they love UFOs, but and they also love Bigfoot. And we have a lot of squatch in Washington State. Oh yes, that's and you know finding Bigfoot that show as silly as it is. What I liked about it was that they would go to different states and have and have evidence of Bigfoot activity. And you're in Texas, you know. Mm -hmm. Texas is not like known to be necessarily a big. Bigfoot hotspot, like not at all. Mm -hmm. But you had an experience. I and did. So some of the questions that come up, um, and my understanding of Bigfoot and why, you know. So again, I'm a former zoologist, and I would have arguments with my friends all the time. We're evolutionary biologists, and I'd be like, "Yeah, Bigfoot is real," or "I'm open to it," and Loch Ness monster, and you know, all of the things. Right. I unicorns. They're yes. Yes. When I was a kid, I don't care who you were. I was convinced unicorns were real because to yeah. me they were. Right. Well, yeah. and they are in a different dimension. Yes. Yes. Right. Just like fairies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dragons. And so, mm -hmm. um, so Bigfoot also, I, in my understanding and experience is also an interdimensional being, not just a physical, like ape, like, you know, humanoid. Right. And so, Tell, tell us your experience with Bigfoot in Texas. <laughs> so I, you know, growing up, I obviously, whether I liked being open to experiences or not, I just was. And wow. I tried again, like I said, to shut it down. I spent my life miserable trying to give it back, but it just didn't work out for me that way. Um, and so I remember my dad, I didn't know much about Bigfoot uh, till I was in my teenage years. And my dad would tell me how, he believed in Bigfoot and, you know, he was in the mountains in Oregon and Utah and stuff like that. And he, he was convinced he uh, smelled Bigfoot one time. Like he, he said there was a smell, 
Um, I never had that experience. I always believed his experience and I always believed anyway, because I, I had to, I'd seen fairies and angels and God knows what, like, how could I not believe? Right. I mean, when you have like these things talking to you in your room and stuff like that, well, then Bigfoot's real too. Okay. Um, so at that point, you know, there was no, there was no denying it for me anyway. Um, and then I was living out here in, uh, Bertram actually in an RV and it's in the middle of nowhere. It was down a County road. It was two miles down this County road. Your closest neighbor was still like a mile away. Like it was whatever. And I was renting, but the renters that were the homeowners were never there. Um, they lived in Austin and they would just drive out once in a while. Um, so I was renting from them and I always go outside and hang out with the moon and all the stuff, right? Like I'm always all about staring at the moon and, um, activating all my, all my chakras and stuff by moon bathing and doing all the stuff. So like I'm hanging out outside and I could feel, uh, Bigfoot's energy. And I could, I asked point blank, you know, is that what this is? And I got a definite, yes, this is, this is what you think it is. And so I said, all right, well, cool. I'm stubborn. So like, sometimes I have to ask for extremely specific signs. And sometimes I have, I have to ask for like eight of them because I'm yeah. going to discount like the first seven. I promise. I right? think most people do that actually. Yeah, right. Because like, oh, what a coincidence seven fucking times. <laughs> right. Like that's me. Right. So we fall asleep that hard. Right. Yeah. So I'm asking um, cool. All right, cool. Well, if you're Bigfoot, you're going to leave me some undeniable like sign. There's going to be something that will stand out uh, beyond all belief. Right. And so the next morning I get up and it was really windy that day. I mean, like whippy winds, like there was, my hair was all over the place. My dress is probably flying up. Like I had to run into town and run errands and I came back. But before I left, I had thrown some laundry on. So on the landlord, on their porch, they had like a little washing machine. Mm -hmm. So I had gone over there and taken some laundry over and thrown it in. And then I ran some errands and I was going to come back and go on their porch to get the laundry. I'm never on their porch for any other reason ever. Okay. So when I came back, it's still been like 60 mile per hour winds and crazy. And it was a pretty day. It was real sunny and pretty, but the winds just would not let up. And so I'm walk. I had parked the car. I had taken some stuff into the RV. And then I walked over in that very moment to go onto the porch to get my laundry out. And in that very moment, I looked down and there was a hand woven, hand woven grass crown laying right on the step, right where I was about to step on it. And it was so delicate, delicately weaved together. I was like, how the fuck did that even stay there with all this wind whipping around? Like, there's no way right. that could have even stayed there for even a second. And I was like, oh, my God. So I picked it up as softly as I could so it wouldn't fall apart. And I rushed it inside and laid it on a box because I was moving at the time. So everything was packed. Okay. So I laid it on a box and I took a picture of it. And then, of course, I, I didn't take it with me because it was grass. It was it was going to fall apart anyway. So I actually put it back outside and re-gifted it mm -hmm. and said, thank you. But that was my experience. I have a picture of the handmade crown that Bigfoot left for me when I asked. Excellent. Well, and you're going to be writing all your stories. Yes. All these, it's all going to come out in books. There's no hiding anymore. So yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm going back now. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the beauty of this is we live in a time now 
right. where it, we it's a little more normalized to have these experiences and people aren't like, oh my God, the tinfoil wearing crazy UFO people, or you really, you saw Bigfoot or you had experience with that, you see fairies. Yeah. So I think times are changing, people are waking up. And the more that I think people can hear these conversations, it might trigger something in them of their own memories. For sure, yeah. That's exactly what happened with one of the blogs that you wrote. I was already getting um, awakening like hits from my team and they were like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta like go back into your past and look at this. And as soon as I was getting all that information and it was unraveling, you wrote something about one of your experiences. And I was like, Oh God, that if there was anything more validating than that, that was all I needed. Right. Because, wow. you know, after years of being stubborn and needing seven or eight signs, now I might only need two or three, you know, yeah. so like, <laughs> you know, that, that showed up and I was like, I have to say something about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the world is going to be better for it too. For sure. And I, can I just add one thing to Lisa? Um, one of the things that validates my experience the most or my multiple experiences is when you were talking about earlier, how, you know, when people are abducted and they're going through all these things, believe me, I have woken up with bruises and fingerprints and stuff on me. And that doesn't mean it was negative or that they were hurting me. What it does mean is my human body was freaking out. Yeah. And yeah, that's what it means. My human body was freaking out because it didn't understand the experience that I put myself through. Right. So I would still wake up with like bruises and fingerprints and stuff like that. But it doesn't mean they were hurting me because they weren't. Um, but one of the things that stands out for me about that is we do um, come into contract with all of our experiences. We do come into contract and create a contract with, we co-create with our creator, yeah. what we're designed to do for each, each incarnation, each mission and all the stuff. But the basis of it is love. But if I can come into contract with myself, knowing that I was going to have to bury a child and go through the most gut-wrenching pain in the entire world, believe me, that is not something that you think in the now Oh, I definitely want to go through that. Sign me up for that shit. Yeah, it's yeah. not right. But when you have the, when you start to show yourself compassion and understanding, then it all starts to make more sense. It's not as scary and it's not, um, there's just a, a different understanding that comes with it uh, once you evolve, right? Yeah. So if I can contract that into my life, then I, believe me, I can contract any other experience into my life. Yeah, beautifully. So that's one of those things that I feel like people really need to like understand, you know, yes, you did ask for this. And maybe that doesn't mean that you lack compassion when you're going through your experiences. But yes, you did do this. We do get to create our realities. Yeah. And we're I mean, as humans, we're here to learn whatever lessons and gain the wisdom and then move on. Yes. And like that's our job is to gather experiences and wisdom. Yep. You share back with source. Right. And if I had not gone through what I'd gone through, even with the passing of my daughter, um, I could not serve the people I serve now because I get to specialize. It's a privilege now that I get to specialize in grief and PTSD and anxiety. And yeah. those are things that I couldn't have done had I not overcome such a traumatic thing in my, in my life. Yeah. Beautiful. So share, share how you work with people. Because we can end on that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I am a psychic. 
as you know, we're talking about that, but I'm also a life coach, an angel guide, a hypnotherapist and a Reiki master. And so I don't necessarily um, do a whole lot of hypnotherapy or Reiki or any of that stuff, but um, I do, you know, a psychic, you know what a psychic is, you know what a life coach is. And so you get all that combined in me, right? So yeah. I get to guide people through tools and skills and experiences um, and meet them in their own experiences. But because I have um, such an open intuitive channel, I get a lot of downloads in ways that will help them the most. Um, and so I get to combine those abilities for the most, the most results. Well, and so you're talking about your ideal clients or those that are going through grief. Yes. Or um, the ones I probably service the most are the ones that are struggling with post-traumatic post stress disorder. So PTSD, wow. um, anxiety, depression, um, you know, mood disorders, lack of motivation, addiction, all the, you know, um, abusive relationships. Yeah. Okay. Well, so for those of you watching, if you have any of those issues or you have any friends or family that do, because we all know people in that situation and consider um, going to see April and you do your, you, even though you're in Texas, you work all over, right? Yeah. I, I built my practice to serve remotely. And another thing that um, I do know I need to uh, help others with is how to embody and embrace their own abilities. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. And so tell them where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me at my website, which is exordiumhealing.com. I also well, have a, you might want to say exordium just so people. Oh, so it's E X O R D I U M. Um, and so exordiumhealing.com. I also have a Facebook page, exordiumhealing.com or yeah. Anyway. Um, and then, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then um, on my website, you can email me, you can text or call me, um, and we can just kind of go from there. Okay. Well, and I want everyone to go to her website and yeah, you can for the email and get yeah. that video of all the Claire's. Yeah, that's a good video. Yeah. So definitely take advantage of that free yeah. information. And um, okay, so and just to finish up, so again. My class, Connection to the Cosmos, Meet Your Galactic Family and Experience Your Other Lives, is going to start on Monday, February 21st at 5 p.m. Pacific time. It's $88 for the three weeks. We already have a great um, group of participants that I would love to share this information with more people. So whether it's you or a friend or family, please send them this way. And thank you so much, April, for being here with me today. I We're going to have you on again because there's so much more to talk about. With there's you. always so much to talk about, for sure. And thank you for allowing me to be here. This is really, it's been really fun. And it's been quite a last two months as it kind of just unfolded. And yeah, here it is. So yeah, it's been really fun. Thank you. Yes. Welcome to the world of the cross. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, so thank you everyone for taking the time to watch this. This is Connection to the Cosmos with Dr. Lisa Thompson, and I will see you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.